This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Wentimo Kings Meadow, the podcast that follows the Chelsea FC women's team. Now, we were expecting our first match review pod to be a glorious celebration of an exciting new season in which new signings shined and more familiar faces do what they do best. However, former Chelsea manager Matt Beard and his newly promoted Liverpool side had other ideas and two penalties helped them to an incredible opening day victory over the current WSL champions. For Chelsea, this result was more of their own doing than down to any great Liverpool attack. A late change in the lineup due to a Pernilla Harder injury saw Emma Hayes stick with what she knows, bringing in Sophie Ingle and changing the entire game plan just before kickoff. Lauren James was forced out wide, Cuthbert was pushed into areas that limits what she does best. And as a result, Chelsea limited themselves to long balls from the back fourth into an overcrowded Sam Kerr, who, despite being robbed of a goal from a bad off cycle, had a very quiet game by her own very high standards. Of course, Chelsea lost on the opening day last season and went on to win the league. But the fact they face an equally hurt Manchester City next week means that they are under huge pressure to get a result. And this performance gave plenty of valid reasons to be concerned, as Chelsea were quite simply lacklustre in Liverpool. And that is the title of tonight's show, Went to Mo Kings Meadow, episode 84, Lacklustre in Liverpool. Uh, on the show this week, in part one, we're going to discuss Emma Hayes' team selection, ask if she played it too safe. In part two, we'll look at Liverpool's second half comeback and Chelsea's implosion. Plus, take a look at how our new signings performs. In part three, we've got your emails. And in part four, we'll look ahead to Sunday's must-win match now against Manchester City. Um, so now is an excellent time to tell you that we are recording live uh, right now. Uh, it's had its hiccups, but I think it is recording. Um, you can listen live by heading to mixler.com. That's M-I-X-L-R.com, searching for Went to Moping Meadow. Uh, there's a live chat page and you can respond to us in real time and we can read out some of your comments uh, if I can get the page up at the same time as Zoom. Anyway, um, we'll leave the link in the description for next time as well if you're not listening live as we speak. Uh, now, it's not just me on the show. It is joined by Jane. Uh, Jane, good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to be back. Enjoyable trip up to Liverpool, apart from the football? Apart from the football, everything else was... Oh, and the seats and the seating and the ground. The journey there was brilliant. Yeah, right in style. Uh, no Dane this week because he's moving house still and uh, doesn't have Wi-Fi. He doesn't live in London. Um, but we are joined by a uh, good friend, Kerry Evans. Kerry, good to see you again. Hi there. Great to be back on the show. A better view for you on Zoom. Do you want me to do like this? Yeah, that's what I'm used to now. So that's what I'm going to do at every game now. Yeah, we both just hold tank up to our faces. You can't see us. Be just like being at Prenton Park. Um, Jane, before I get into... Football, I just want to talk about, you know, yesterday was the, well, Sunday, sorry, was the 18th of September. So we're not into winter yet. It's the end of summer. It's not too cold. But on the table, there's a hot water bottle. What's going on? Well, it was quite cold when we left. And then I was like, well, I just need something to be warm. And then took it. And then took it into the ground. But I didn't actually fill it up with hot water because it actually warmed up by the time we'd got in the ground, surprisingly. 
Um, and then I cuddled it on the journey home to go to sleep. On the floor. On the floor of the coach, I must add, under the table. Well, at least it was a comfy coach. Anyway, it warms up because it's September. So yeah. I'll, I'll have it Sunday evening, though. No, you're not allowed it. That's the good luck charm. Clearly, you might need to get a new one. <laughs> right, that's enough for talking about hot water bottles. Um, Kerry, about the crowd as well, because we had some trouble getting tickets. Well, you lot did that went. They told me they sold out three sections. Um, well, they told me three stands, but they meant three sections. But on the TV, lots of empty seats. Even though it was their biggest attendance ever, it was the lowest of the available weekend figures. Um, what was it like at the ground? Was the atmosphere pretty good? Um, no, I actually, I only thought Liverpool fans started making noise when they started winning. It, um, it was very. I, I just don't want to go back there ever again. <laughs> if I'm all honest, it was just a complete nightmare from start to finish. It was just bad omens from the beginning. I knew the game should have been postponed. Yeah, shame they couldn't do what the men's team did and just not play it. But there yeah. we are. Um, let's go into the football then. Um, obviously, Liverpool 2, Chelsea 1. This past Sunday, the 18th of September at Prenton Park. Uh, Chelsea lined up in a 4-1-3-2 formation with Sachira Mizovic in goal. Millie Bright, Kadisha Buchanan, Magda Eriksson and Neve Charles in defence. Uh, Sophie Ingall was in a midfield on her own with Lauren James, Aaron Cuppert and Frank Kirby supporting Sam Kerr and Guru Ratham in attack. Emma Hayes used four available subs, bringing on Eve Perisay for Millie Bright. Johanna Ritten-Kamrid for Guru Ratham in the 70th minute. Yelena Kankovic came on for Sophie Ingall in the 80th minute and with five minutes to go, Bethany England came on for Lauren James. That left Anne Katchenberger, Jess Carter, Katrina Svitkova and Marin Mielda as unused substitutes. Stats-wise, Chelsea had 69% possession, 10 shots, 4 on target, 4 corners and 7 fouls. To Liverpool's 31% possession, 6 shots, 2 on target, 0 corners and 8 fouls. Um, Jane, what was the reaction to the to the original lineup? It was quite attacking, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the original lineup didn't really come as a surprise. I think it sort of was expected sort of the players that started and the players that were put on the bench. Um, and I think we only realised Peniel was injured literally just before sort of the game kicked off. I sort of saw it and I was like, oh, she's not playing. Um, I thought it was a back three, but I'll blame the pole that was in the way to why I couldn't see the formation. But yeah, I think it was looking at that lineup, it is a strong lineup. Just what happened on the pitch didn't reflect as well. Yeah, Kerry, it was interesting that when Hard obviously pulled up, she had a hamstring injury apparently, so they didn't pick her. That Emma went with Ingle and not with a similar attacking-minded player. Obviously, she went there with a game plan to attack, which is why she had Harder, James, Kirby, Wrighton and Kerr. Why do you think she decided not to go with the other attacking player and go with Ingle? Do you think she was just playing it safe with what she knows, as we said? Or maybe the players aren't fit, we just don't know, do we? Yeah, I reckon that it was go with the tried and tested. She knows what Sophie brings. And I think I saw something Emma saying about she wasn't sure about the new player. We just don't know about injury because one of them picks up a knock, I think, during the international break. So we just don't know really what goes on behind the closed doors. So I think she just, from from me, I think she just went and tried and tested. Yeah, Jane, what did you make of, of the change? Um, I think if, if I had sort of had to choose the change myself, I would have Maybe brought Beth on as an attacking player, but Emma knows what she's doing, so we'll take it as Emma knew why she picked so she'll have many reasons behind it. But personally, I'd if an attacking player gets injured, I'd replace her with an attacking player. Yeah, for, for me, Kerry, what it done was it, it moved Erin further forward, and we saw in pre-season she played as a number six, so the, the base of the field on her own, and she did very well. This change moved her forward. So obviously, Ingle played that role. She, what did you make of Erin's performance? I thought, although she you know, put herself about, it sort of limited her to what she normally does on the pitch, if that makes sense. Yeah, she had quite a quiet game. As I said, I'm pretty, it was hard for me to tell what actually happened during the game. I had a massive pole in the way. I think we're going to use that a lot. With it. That's going to be my excuse for most of it. I didn't see it. But from what I could see, it looked, again, we all know she will be running around here, there, but it just wasn't coming off for whatever reasons. Yeah, James, do you think that's where probably, if you're going to 
bring Sophie and then you also take Erin out and put on someone like uh, Kankovic who can get the ball in those forward spaces probably more naturally than Erin does. And Chelsea can look to play through that midfield because in the end they ended up playing long ball after long ball to, to no one in particular. I think this game showed how much we miss G. I think if you had thrown G into the mix of this game with Sophie in the midfield, I think it would have been a whole different game. But I think it's just getting used to sort of the new players coming in and finding the formation that works the best. Because obviously we're so used to the formations we had last season. Um, I think it's a hard one until we sort of see all the new players play and sort of show us what they can bring to the team. We can't really sort of decide on like a definite formation. Yeah, that is true. And obviously, Emma gets paid to pick the team and she held her hands up after the game and said we weren't good enough. Um, a couple of the choices that she made, Kerry, was, you know, Millie Brighton ended up sort of playing as a right back as Chelsea went into the four with, with Neve Charles at left back. Why do you think she sort of went that way and not Neve Charles on the right where she's naturally right footed and, and pushed Magda out to the left where she plays for Sweden? It just seemed to be those square pegs and round holes for Chelsea and it, it all added up to a disjointed team at the end of the day. Yeah, well, to, I, I was with Jane. I thought she played three at the back with Lauren James and Charles as wing backs, but I rather, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know why Emma made these decisions. I mean, Neve Charles was, I thought she played all right, but I'm not sure why you put Millie as a right back. You, you got a natural right back in Marin, so less than we'll ask Emma. Yeah, I suppose there's the the attacking aspect of Neve goes forward more than sort of Marin or Jess Carter, perhaps. But again, when she's playing as a left back, a natural instinct is to come inside, and that's why we probably saw Bure right and play very centrally because the pitch is being closed out to her. If you understand sort of that yeah. aspect of it. Again, it took her till what the seventieth minute to make a change, and although Chelsea were winning until then everything wasn't going to sort of say plan because obviously Chelsea was struggling to get into attack and into dangerous positions. We see 69% possession, but only four shots on target isn't you know, a great response. Jane, what did you make of, of, of Wrighton? Because she seemed to play very centrally. Do you think that was because of how Neve was coming on her right foot or that was a, a plan from Emma to have her centrally working with Sam? Um, I think Emma's plan was sort of to have her essentially working with Sam. But I think, I, I, th I don't think it helps, obviously, where the formation did sort of get changed. You don't know what the original formation was. And I feel like the players did sort of move around to adjust this new formation. So I think if Peniel had started, it would have been a whole different sort of line-up on the pitch. Yeah, it's a shame that she... Felt a hamstring so close to kick off. Um, we have got people in Mixler. We've got good friend Jake from Houston. He says the players seem to still be polishing off the rust from the off-season. The players that didn't play against Tottenham needed the game to get some better prep for the Liverpool game. Is it a good point, Kerry? Do you think having that fixture postponed last week has impacted the players' fitness? Because obviously they should have been ready for the game on Sunday last week and have had a whole week again not playing sort of a competitive game. I mean, yeah, you can, you can start saying that, but you would have thought they would be pretty close only a week away. Maybe they could have played a behind-the-closed-door game with the men's team or one of the... But, yeah, I think all teams will be struggling at the beginning, but we always seem to have a bad start every year at the moment. Yeah, but it was, Jane, a, a dream start in terms of the actual game because after just a minute, Wrighton was fouled in the box by uh, ex-Chelsea defender Judy Flaverty. Um given us a penalty and it was Frank Kirby that stepped up to take it and scored uh, her first start since February how surprised was you to see her in the team I think after her performance at the Euros it didn't sort of shock me that she started um, and I wasn't shocked that she stepped up for the penalty but I feel like no one knew who was taking the penalty when it comes to sort of the foul happened and everyone just sort of stepped away Fran walked quite a far way away from the box and then no one sort of wanted to take it and I think she was just like oh I'll take it then because um, I think obviously originally Peniel Harder is a, a penalty taker so she she would have taken the penalty if she was on the pitch um, 
but I'm glad she got a start. I think she deserves it after everything she's been through. And with her performance over the Euros, it was brilliant. Yeah, maybe they were like, oh, Marin takes penalties and then realise she wasn't on the pitch. And then um, mainly Liverpool takes penalties. I know she's not playing either. Okay, Penilla Harder takes penalties, so I know not, she's not on the pitch either. And then it comes to Fran and she realises she had to walk back up to take the penalty. Um, Kerry, obviously Fran didn't play at all in pre-season. And then she starts. Again, she looked pretty sharp for most of the game. Just sort of shows that we don't know what's going on behind the scenes because nobody sort of... I don't think anyone really expected Fran to be maybe on the bench, but not in start 11 anyway, because she hasn't had that pre-season fitness under her belt. Do you think that's also the case of looking at why these new players are not playing as well? Possibly. As I said, I looked at the team and I went, oh, Fran started. Because like, I thought, normally with Fran, it's like months out injured or weeks. But I'm glad she's got the goal. And yeah, she, she looked really good, actually, from not playing... She looks a bit rusty, but like if that ball, if Sam scored the goal, the offside goal that was onside, like that the assist, she would have got an assist as well and a goal. But it is, but yeah, she did. She did all right for her first start. Yeah, let's let's talk about that offside goal, Jane, that was flagged offside. How obvious or not obvious was it from where you were sat? I know Kerry couldn't see anything, but what about your seat? <laughs> um. No, couldn't actually see anything. Didn't even see the flag go up because the pole was in the way. Um, we did name the pole. It's called Polly, I think. No, Perry. 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 Perry the pole. Perry the pole. Um, well, I don't think it was offside, and I feel like a lot of people will agree with me on that one. But that's um, the FA refereeing team for you. Yeah, they've done that big sort of piece in the Times where the PGMLO are training the WSL refs and everything's going to be really good this year. And I think in several games this weekend, they were absolutely terrible with their decision-making. Uh, not least in this one, I think Sam Kerr twice flagged offside um, incorrectly. And obviously, it's difficult to be right all the time for these linesmen. It's a difficult job, but when it affects the overall result, it's, it's difficult to appreciate how hard the job is because you want them to be right. Um, Kerry, what did you make of Lauren James? Because I thought she looked very good. You heard Matt Beard on the TV shouting double up, double up every time she got the ball in that first half near the dugout. Um, she seems to be you know, coming into this Chelsea team now after a, you know, a good pre-season as well. She looks like the player that we signed rather than the one that sort of turned up last season. Yeah, she just looks like fit and healthy, so that's why. And she looks full of confidence as well. I thought she she played she played well, run up and down the um the wing. It was just her again, but the whole team just couldn't cross the ball. So I, I'm it's not her fault. It was just, yeah, she played well. Yeah, Jane, what did you make of her performance? Because although Kerry says we couldn't cross the ball. For Lauren, she likes to come inside. She kept the ball very well. I thought um, her close control was really good. Um, Liverpool found it hard to get the ball off her. But again, it's, I think it's just the end product, isn't it? And when we start expecting that from Lauren. Yeah, I think Lauren did have a good game. And like you said, I noticed when she had the ball, Liverpool struggled to try and get the ball off her. And I think with Lauren, it is only the beginning. We are going to, I think over this season, Lauren's going to develop as a player quite a bit and I'm looking forward to seeing sort of how she develops and what players she turns into Yeah exciting one I know I think she has she's a player that is similar to someone like Mason Mount or Jorginho for the men's team in fact that some people just don't like her and even if she has a good game they say she plays terribly and she's you know not very good and I don't really understand why um, but there we are I think she had a good game and I think we'll see her in the, in the lineup for the next few weeks at least um, a good comment from Rich actually on, on Mixler. He says that for a few of the players we signed, Emma referred to them as having the profile they were looking for. So you could interpret that as being able to be incorporated into the system we currently have. But I understand that other players also need to get used to them and that should come in time. Do you agree with that, Jane? Just a bit too soon maybe for some of these new players. I know Kadisha Buchanan played a lot in pre-season. Um, so maybe she's more naturally suited to just come straight in. She can play in the three or the four whereas others maybe need to get used to what Emma wants from them in their roles. Yeah, and I think um, with where Kadisha sort of just come back from injury, obviously she didn't go over to Australia for the um, international friendly. She sort of had that time to work with Emma and the team. And I think 
as we all know, Emma keeps her injuries very hush-hush. Obviously, there was three players missing from this week's squad. Um, you never know, the players on the bench might have not been at full fitness and that's why they didn't start. Um, but I think it, I think come Sunday, sort of the lineup will be completely different with like new players coming in. Yeah, we'll talk about the canon in this part two and also Man City in part four. So um, let's take our ad break now. Before we do that, uh, just a reminder that our summer series celebrating the 30th anniversary of the creation of the Chelsea FC women's team is available in full on our Patreon channel. Subscription costs £5 per month and in return you need to help support the show, uh, help us do things like live podcasts on Mixler. Uh, you also get sort of access to all the interviews there with Tony Farmer, who created the team. George Michaelas, who was a manager between 2002-2005, and the Liverpool manager, Matt Beard, who also talked to us about his time in charge of Chelsea. Uh, just head to www.patreon.com forward slash Kingsmeadow and sign up now. Uh, so join us after this break and we'll be right back. Real fans, real opinions. Hello, welcome back to part two of Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Um, we're going to look now at the second half implosion of Chelsea and Liverpool's um, resurgence, shall we say. Um, Liverpool obviously get the penalty, Jane, for a handball on Millie Bright. But what was your thoughts on that live as you saw it? Again, <laughs> Didn't really, didn't really see it. Um, obviously, from a distance, you can't tell if she put her arm up or what. But I think after watching, not that I've watched much of the replays back, but I have watched the penalty back. Um, I don't see where Millie could have put her arm other than the position it was in. So I don't think, personally, it was a penalty. But I know, I think I saw on Sky, they were like, yep, yeah, it is definitely a penalty. She put her arm out. Yeah, Kerry, have you managed to see a replay? No, I haven't because I don't want to watch it back. <laughs> but from where I was, I could I, I just saw the ball hit her hand. So I was like, okay, it's going to be a penalty. But I know I have seen mixed people. People said it was a penalty or wasn't a penalty. Yeah, I'm not actually sure on what the laws are anymore because they change so much. But mm-hmm. she's moving towards the ball. So her arm sort of is out. The player's so close to her. I mean, unless someone chops her arm off in that one second when she kicks the ball. Well, I don't know what they expect her to be able to do. And maybe it needs to be like an indirect free kick where every player's on the goal line and they can try and score from that rather than a penalty. Because it didn't seem really fair that she's so close to her. She's just, she's moving. She's not standing still with her arms out like a goalkeeper. She's moving to try and block the shot. It hits her arm. I don't know what the rules are anymore, but guessing that it is a penalty because they gave it and Sky agreed, but they would do. Um, to to Chiromisovic, I want to talk about now, Jane, because she obviously conceded both penalties, went the wrong way for both. She made a bit of a shaky start when she dropped to sort of an easy catch. What did you make of her performance overall? Um, I don't think it was the best performance of hers. Um, the couple of bits at the beginning, she sort of seemed to drop it, but I think I think just where she's obviously had to step up to this role now. We don't know when Berger's going to be back playing, although she's on the subs bench. Um, I feel like for her, it is sort of a big big opportunity that she's had to sort of step into. She's sort of having to step into Berger's position. And I think it might have just got, got to her a little bit, sort of the pressure was on she had to do so well. Yeah, Kerry, I mean, she's also got uh, Hedvig Lindor for Sweden's retired. So Sweden's number one is up for grabs. She's been given this opportunity because of what happened to AKB, unfortunately. Um, you would say she took it with both hands, but then she dropped the catch. Um, maybe she hasn't taken this opportunity and we might see AKB next week. What do you think? I think if AKB's fit, she'll be back in. I I just I I just I just don't know what to say. <laughs> Apart from we need AKB. We know she can say penalties as well, and I think that might put pressure on here is a thing. I, I need to save these penalties because we know AKB has a history of saving penalties. But again, she went the wrong way for both ones, so there's not a lot we could really do. There's not a lot she could have done apart from go the right way. Yeah, I don't know if this is just like thinking I can do things, but when the second penalty was being taken, 
you could see where she was going to put it, I think, and she went the same way she went the first time, but I thought her body language was quite obvious. It wasn't like the first one or Fran's one where she waits for the goalkeeper. Mm. I think you could tell she was going to go the other way and Satira obviously didn't read it very well, in my opinion. Um, I thought she was, apart from the drop catch, I thought she was okay overall. She's good with the ball at her feet and it's important these days, but I think what's in front of her going when she passed the ball to the fence didn't help that fact. It didn't look very good. Um, um, obviously, Emma knows she can rely on, on AKB in, in big situations and, and next Sunday is a big situation. Um, so we'll see on that one. Um, after the, the equaliser, Jane Liverpool made a triple substitution, three attacking players came on. What did you make of that? Because normally you see teams against Chelsea, okay, they've got an equaliser, they'll try and defend that. But Matt Beard didn't, didn't see that way. He went for the, win, for the win, didn't he? Matt Beard was, I think his mindset the whole time was go for the win. He was determined. And I think after that, their equaliser went in, he was sort of like, right, that's it. We're getting it. And unfortunately, that is what they got. <laughs> they got the win. But they did go very sort of, he threw everything at it to try and get that win. Yeah, Kerry, do you think that took Emma and Chelsea by surprise that you know, Liverpool wanted to, to seize that momentum and, and get on top in the game where normally when you're not playing City or Arsenal or Man United, these teams aren't looking to win necessarily. They're looking not to be beaten quite heavily. And they really seized that momentum they got from that penalty, didn't they? Oh, definitely. I think even during the week, Emma said, oh, we're going to be defending a low block. But after he made all those subs, they just went went for it. And I think they could like see that Chelsea were just fit like just 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 passing the ball around. And that's all they were doing. So they they had they had plenty of space to go and attack if they wanted to. Yeah, that's obviously the next point I've got here, Jane, is you know, the like for like Chelsea subs. Uh Perise coming on. Um, who else was it? Uh I've lost my pipe now in the, in the... Yeah, Johanna Ritten cameron came on for Brighton. Uh, Kankovic came on in the 80th minute and then England came on for five minutes. Although they put on attacking-minded players, nothing really changed, did it? And it was Liverpool that had the incentive and, and Chelsea was still doing, as Kerry said, just passing it around the back and then booting the ball forward. I think, if anything, I would have brought Beth on a lot sooner. I think you, she can't impact a game in the 85th minute, when you're losing 2-1. Was we losing 2-1 by then? Yeah. 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 Um, like, you, a player like that needs a bigger opportunity and a long enough time. By the time that five minutes is up, she's only sort of getting into the game. So I feel like, if anything, I would have brought her on a lot sooner. And I think it would have changed the game completely because the subs come on and we seem to just be passing around, trying to cross it, across but the crosses weren't really going to plan and then Sam seemed to just always be on her own and there was just no chance of getting a goal in Yeah, Beth is the sort of player that puts herself about as well so she maybe disrupt that back line of Liverpool's a bit more than you know we was able to I thought Sam was very isolated all game sort of played on her own um, and as you say the crosses aren't going well so let's try something a bit different maybe go a bit more direct through the middle use Beth's strength in there get some runners alongside her but Kerry sort of disaster when Liverpool got their second penalty what do you put it down to just Buchanan the badly timed tackle or do you think that Ericsson should have dealt with it on the halfway line I think I think Magda should have won the ball first and then it just went Buchanan just she tried to it looked like a penalty from where we were, but I didn't know she got the if she got the player or the ball first. But if you've got the player first, then it's going to be a penalty. And she looked, I thought she was going to get sent off after that because she just like went absolutely crazy at the referee and at herself because she knew she made a huge mistake. Yeah, Buffer seventy three said three fair pens, um, two and a half I'd say for Mini Bright one, um, a half for that, but. Yeah, she just takes the player just, just before she gets to the ball, although she does get the ball. That's probably what she's arguing about. But, Jane, what did you make of that? Have you seen it back past Perry the Pole? No, I've not seen it back since seeing it live. But I think from the distance we were at and the way sort of Buchanan went in for it, it did look like a clear penalty. 
and the way she sort of reacted after, you knew she sort of realised what she'd done and she'd done wrong. But like Kerry said, Magda should have got the ball in the first place and it shouldn't have gone that back for it to all happen. Yeah, disappointing, wasn't it? Because I thought Buchanan was probably our best player on the pitch. Is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, I think she was. She had a good game for her, but then I think just obviously giving away that penalty, then you think, oh, she's done all this hard work and then giving away a silly mistake. But I think, yeah, if I had to pick one player, I think she did have a good game. Yeah, Kerry, what did you make of Buchanan's overall performance? Maybe if you take away that that tackle for the penalty, she looked like she had played in that sort of defence for a few years. Yeah, and you're just wondering, with Emma playing them three behind the closed doors, like they've been working on that, that three of a partnership. So it can only get better, hopefully. But with them three, I wasn't sure the first game, but it's, it's only the first game, so we can't be too harsh on them. Yeah, Rich says on Mixler, I don't think looking back on the replay that Buchanan needed to dive in at that point because Stengel was gradually going away from goal. And I think actually the ball was moving sort of away from her as well, which is probably why she got caught up before Buchanan took the ball. The ball was moving ahead of her, but I think Buchanan would have got the ball first, not Stengel. Uh, but she didn't, and there we are. Um, Jane, what did you make of the other new signings, sort of small cameos for Perise and Johanna Gritten Camrid and Kankovic as well? I don't think anyone really stood out as sort of amazing. They've got a start next week, but... They all sort of did okay, and I think that was probably a problem. Yeah, I've seen, obviously, um, Perisic play in the Euros, and I sort of was looking forward to seeing her, um, what she had for Chelsea. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce the Sweden player's name, so I'm just going to call her JRK. It's so much easier than embarrassing myself to try and pronounce it. Um, and did she play in a friendly against Spurs? She yeah. did. Yeah, so the bit we saw of her... I get her and Perisic confused because I feel like they all look too alike. Um, from behind, they've all got the same hair. Um, but I think she it was good to see them and sort of see what they've got to bring to this team. And I think it just, over the next, I'll say over the next couple of weeks, after next weekend, and we've got international break. But I am looking forward to sort of seeing this side of Christmas, what they've got to bring. Yeah, we've got a couple of questions about them in the Man City preview, so we'll wait... Um... Till then, um, Kerry, as we sort of end our match review part of it, we're going to try and stay positive. Um, Emma Hayes says we move on. Obviously, we lost last season uh, to Arsenal on the opening day. The season before that, we drew one all with Man United, but still won the league. It's all about how you finish, not how you start, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Like, it's, it was such... Sunday was just so disappointing, but I'm kind of... I'm just, I think Chelsea fans should be used to it. Like, just the slow start. And then we'll just... That's right, it's fine. Just don't let's not all panic over one bad result. Yeah, I suppose the good thing as well, Jane, is it was away from home. It wasn't the big Stamford Bridge game that got cancelled because we would have lost that game, obviously, because we always lose the first game. Now. That's our thing, isn't it? Well, it's like I said to Kerry and a few others, I said, I feel like if the Stamford Bridge game had gone ahead, I think this game would have been completely different. I um, didn't actually think about losing the first game in the league at the time I said that. Um, but I think where it was sort of this weekend was now such a big occasion being the opening game for the WSL um, I think that did affect how the results panned out Yeah well it's over now so we can't do anything about it so there's no point crying is there um, Emma Hayes said after the game uh, going forwards we weren't good enough even at the end the crosses into the box nothing went where it was supposed to go sometimes we always want to win things by bigger margins rather than follow the process keep passing the football I've been here before we just chalk it off and go again. Probably the best thing they can do, Kerry, just chalk it off, go again, rather than get too bogged down in the semantics of it. Yeah, and it's actually, and it's probably a bit of a wake-up call from them all as well. So, like, we need to get your acts together. So, it's all good. I wasn't like that on Sunday, but I'm, I feel better now about it, <laughs> slightly. Yeah. Jane, do you think there was a bit of, um, I can't think of the word now, uh, complacency about this, the team and the supporters. I mean, the, the day before I tweeted that this time tomorrow Sam Kerr's put four past Liverpool. So we're sort of thinking this is going to be an easy win. Do you think the players felt that? Did the fans think that at the ground before the game? I think I sort of looked at the team and was like Liverpool just been promoted. Um, 
yeah will be easy I think sort of just getting just thinking ahead and thinking oh Liverpool like they're basically bottom but uh like of the WSL because of how they've just come up um but I think it's teams like that are the dark horses like I think this season it's going to be Liverpool it's going to be Brighton and it's going to be probably Reading that we'll get to away and we'll just sort of bottle it and don't know what to do because that seems to happen all the time and I think you can't underestimate any team in the WSL now Villa obviously beat City which to be fair I did expect that anyway before the game kicked off but as a City fan they would have thought they were going to beat Villa Um, but I just don't think you can't expect anything Yeah I think the team that wins the league this year will lose three games and that's never happened before um, which is an indicator of the strength that the WSL is getting year in, year out. Um, let's round up some of the other results this weekend then. Uh, on Friday, Arsenal won 4-0 against um, Brighton. Was it no? That was, was it Brighton? I've got the wrong team there. Yeah, Brighton. Brighton. yeah. I've got the wrong way around on my script. Uh, Man United beat Reading 4-0, which was on Saturday. Uh, Aston Villa won 4-3 against Manchester City. Uh, Tottenham won 2-1 away at Leicester. West Ham beat Everton 1-0. And of course, Liverpool beat Chelsea 2 1 in Sunday's late game. Uh, that means the table looks like this uh, Arsenal, Man the first, Manchester United second, Aston Villa third, Liverpool fourth, Tottenham fifth, West Ham sixth. Uh, all those teams have three points. And then in seventh is Man City, eighth Chelsea, ninth Leicester, tenth Everton, eleventh Brighton, and twelfth Reading. Uh, all with zero points, so no draws over the weekend, uh, all wins or losses. Um, see if that's repeated next weekend. Um, Obviously, early days, so let's not look at the table too much. Um, we are going to go for another break now. Before we do that, if you haven't heard already, there's a brand new Chelsea FC Women's fanzine coming out soon called Kings Meadow Chronicle. Uh, to find out more, head to at CFCW Fanzine on Twitter uh, for all the information. We'll be back after this with your emails. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to part three of Went Smoke Kings Meadow. Time now for your emails. Uh, Jane, who have we got number one? So email number one is from Seb Precious. Although there's no reason to panic yet, but 
the way we played was below standards. We lacked good forward passes and our ball use in the final third was just poor. We were too lecturous in position and intensity and we found ourselves chasing the ball even with how much possession we had. I honestly feel we actually played better in a back four even with Magda playing as an LB slash CB for more defensive cover while Cuthbert drops deeper deep in midfield. Let's see what happens in the next match but we have to do better. Every team we're going to face every team we're going sorry every team we are going to face are going to want to put all their A game. We aren't going to be gifted results. We'll need to earn it. Yeah, thank you, Seb. Uh, that's a good point from Seb, actually, Kerry, isn't it? That we are the champions, so there's a target on our back week in, week out. The players can't roll up and expect to win, can they? Oh, no. And I, you wonder if complacency wasn't against, oh, well, we'll probably beat them. But as he said, there's no need to panic just yet. So we'll, we'll hopefully we'll be fine. Yeah, panicking comes next weekend. Yeah. Uh, email two is from Lena Fernstrom. Uh, she says, My thoughts on the game, short version. Guru looked weird in the middle, and those who played wings, mostly James and Charles, looked uncomfortable there. James and Kirby had to pick up the ball since the midfield was static, although they should be further up the pitch. Because of the static things, the back line wasn't comfortable passing up to them. So, defensive passing between Bright, Erickson, and Buchanan made Liverpool press high up to force mistakes. Love the show. Uh, thanks, Lena. Uh, do the long version next time because we've got time. We can read out a long version. Um, Jane, I suppose what she means about the static things is Sophie Ingle, um, which isn't a criticism because she's not um, what I would say sort of. She's not a Oberdorf or a Walsh type player. She's a, a disruptor in midfield. Do you think that affected the way the back line played with the ball? Yeah, I think. Obviously, you can't put all like you can't just say and then all put the blame on like one player. But I think sort of the way Soph did play sort of might have affected sort of the overall outcome. Um, and like Lena said, with Guru looking weird in the middle, I sort of agree with her there because I did think she was sort of it was sort of like a weird position to put her. Yeah, Guru is obviously best out wide. I think we all know that. Um, we spoke about that obviously in, in part one with the way that Neve Charles was positioned. Uh, not a, we're not blaming Sophie Ingle for losing, um, by the way. Um, but I think it affected how the team played with her in it in this game. Uh, as we'll get into the Man City preview, she probably will be a better suited player in, in that lineup, which is why this made no sense. Uh, email three, Jane. Email three comes from Block Up. Uh, I'm going to try and pronounce Bang that. That's it. Hey there, I'm happy with this. That I'm happy the season is back. So is my anxiety. I feel like we haven't learned a thing about playing against teams that sit back to defend. Almost all the teams playing us, apart from Arsenal, City, and United, are going to play with a back five. We still don't know how to play against them. Also, the officiating must be better. For a big club as we are, we seem to get decisions against us every season. Hopefully, our girls get their acts together. We support them. Come rain or shine. Hashtag keep the blue flag flying high. Yeah, Kerry, we've not really talked too much about the refereeing or the officiating on the day. Do you think it had much of an impact? I know if Sam first scores, it's probably game over, but I don't think Chelsea really deserved to win as such. Is this me? Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I would not blame the ref on the result. I think... I think I said to Jane actually during the game, I was like, we don't even deserve to be one nil up because we couldn't even shoot on target. So I don't, it, it could have helped if we were two nil up, but it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, which leads on nicely to our last email, which is from Alex Sinclair, who I think is in Mixler. I think that's him. Um, we'll see in a second, maybe. He says, well, bollocks. You wait what seems like forever for the new season to start and then that happens. Made even more frustrating by the fact that as a fan of the men's team, I'm forced to watch results like this every week. I'm starting to believe that this is how the world will end. We'll be sat there watching cross after way with cross go straight to the keeper's hands. No real creativity reverting back to long ball after 19, 95, 100 minutes. It won't matter. We'll look up to see the four horsemen flying through the sky with all fire and brimstone raining down and think, oh, the apocalypse, thank God. In all seriousness, the result was really frustrating and a pain in the arse, but not a disaster. I was disappointed that very few of our new signings got a look in, but this is the first game of the season and you can't expect too much. 
I like to see us able to break down low blocks, seeing as we're going to see so many of them. And I genuinely think we will when the team has a bit more time to gel. On the plus side, Kadichi Buchanan and Lauren James look really good, apart from conceding the penalty, obviously. And if not for a dodgy offside, we'd have had a cracking Sam Carr goal, or I suppose a standard Sam Carr goal. All in all, not the start we wanted, but still loads to look forward to. One thing in particular being the fact that Man City don't appear to have a midfield at the moment, and we play them next. Love the podcast and all the other content you put out. Keep up the good work. Up the Chels. Uh Yeah, thanks, Alex. Sort of what we've talked about all evening so far, James. You know, frustrating, excited for the season to start an away game, season game one, and then you watch that. I suppose you were probably grateful for Perry the Pole. <laughs> Yeah, I think after the Euros, we sort of ended on such a high and we sort of ended last season on such a high. And we were all so excited to sort of finally being together. And then obviously the Stamford Bridge game got cancelled. So it was a bit like, oh, like we've got to wait longer. And then it obviously came to Sunday and we was like, right, everyone's back together. And then we got there and there were just dramas with tickets. And then like the game played. A bit like, oh, back to sort of back to like nothing like we've got to wait for next weekend now to sort of have the weekend of football that we want yeah well people that know me know that my son loves the colour red so he keeps saying that he sports Liverpool um, and his auntie bought him a new Liverpool jumper when she went to Liverpool the other week uh, so I'm expecting Chelsea to beat Liverpool in the women's game at least so I could say you know you should support Chelsea um, when he sort of he came back downstairs and I told him that Liverpool won. He got all excited when I put his Liverpool jumper on. Uh, so that was probably the low point of the game for me, even more than the defeat, is the fact that I can't even line the women anymore uh, to beat Liverpool. Uh, but there we go. Uh, thanks for all your emails. If you've got something you want to get off your chest about the team or the performance, you can email us at wenttomokingsmeadow at gmail.com and we'll read them out on the show as we've just done. Uh, if you try and get them by Monday, it helps me put them in a script. Uh, but... Just before eight o'clock on Tuesday, I think I'll still read it out. That's good enough like that. Um, we're going to take our third and final break now. When we come back, we'll look ahead to Sunday's must-win fixture against Manchester City. Real fans, real opinions. Footballfancast.com Welcome back to Went to Mode Kings Meadow. Time now to look ahead to Sunday's game against Man City at Kings Meadow uh, this Sunday is the 25th of September. If my maths is good, yeah, that's right. Um, Jane, is it must win? Because if you lose the first two, history tells us you need to win probably the next 20 on the spin, which is obviously difficult to do. Yeah, I think it is a definite win regardless. And I think it's an even bigger win because it's City. And obviously City have already lost one. So ideally we want City to lose two and to lose quite a few games this season. Um, so it is a very, very big must-win game. Yeah, Kerry, do you agree with that? Or do you think a point is not disastrous this early on in the season? I mean, a point is not disastrous, but I do think we need to go for the win. Just Well, just to get our season started more than like making City lose. But even though City losing it is lovely. But I'd rather just want the three points for us. Yeah, I think we've got our own stuff to worry about rather than enjoying Man City's downfall at the minute. Yeah, I think a point isn't disastrous, but I think we do. We need to not lose rather than must win, I think is the, the team talk that we're going to have. Um, Jamie, sort of a better opponent to face Man City for Chelsea, the fact that they're going to want the ball. They like to get Lauren Hemp on the ball and attack so we can you know, use our counter-attacking speed going forward. We're more sorted to more suited to playing a team like City than we are a team like Liverpool. Yeah, I think this City team that we will play Sunday obviously is a completely different team to what we played um, in that uh, FA Cup final in May, and I think they will sort of notice the loss of their players that they have lost, and I think we'll be able to sort of work quite well and get the win that we need. Yeah, Kerry, I don't know if you've seen any of the highlights of the weekend, but it was interesting watching uh, City against Villa because they conceded twice where Villa pressing them sort of high up the pitch. Uh, and that's something that we do very well, isn't it? So that's sort of a positive for us to look to this game. 
yeah, we had a great journey up watching the game. So we were we were cheering on the filler filler and I think everyone thought, why are you all you could hear was screams from us at the back. I was asleep. I was literally fast asleep on the floor and all I heard was this like massive cheer and I sort of woke up and they were like filler of one. I was like great company on the coach then Jane, yeah. Say that again, sorry. The great company on the coach you were then. Oh, I was really good company. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking of City, Jane, they sort of seem to be in a very bad situation. They've had Ellen White and Jill Scott retire. Uh, Lucy Bronze has gone to Barcelona. Georgia Stanway has gone to Bayern Munich. And also Kira Walsh obviously left after the transfer window as well to Barcelona. They seem to be losing that English core that's held them you know, through the last few seasons and not all seems to be right there, does it? No, they've lost sort of five key players in their team. Um, and I feel like the players they've brought in, I think they've only brought in a couple. They've not sort of, I don't really know much about them, but I feel like they're not the sort of, they're not the same players as what these five players was. So I think losing sort of so many players has sort of impacted them quite a bit. Yeah, Kerry, obviously we've lost experienced players as well in, in G and Drew Spence and Jonna Anderson. But if you look at our work in the transfer window, we seem to have brought in you know, equally talented players. Whereas, as Jane said, City don't appear to have done that. Would it be disappointing if we don't sort of take advantage of that this this Sunday? Uh, yeah, because I, I think they're down, so we need to just... They, they're in... They're in a bad place at the moment, so I think we need to like make sure they stay in a bad place. They're down, so we need to kick them. That's what you're yeah. Saying. yeah, kick them. While I, was, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. think what I was trying to think <laughs> yeah. of. Like my brain went. Ooh. Yeah, I agree though. I think kick them while they're down is a good um, thing to do. Uh, Jane, do you expect Chelsea to let City try and have the ball and then play on the counter, or do you think we should go for them like? that Villa did and sort of pressed them really high up the pitch and just make a nuisance of the game for them? No, I think we're going to press sort of as much as we can and sort of try, sort of try and do how sort of Villa played and just sort of go for it. If you don't go for it, you're not going to get anything back. So sort of put it all in and just hope that we can sort of upset them and rattle them a little bit. Yeah, having said that, Kerry, do you think you'll be sort of a similar team that we see? Maybe Jess Carter comes in for Neve Charles and she plays over on the right and then it's more of the 3-4-3 three, three that we know. Ingle and Cuthbert together in the midfield. I think you definitely need to bring in Jess only because she's got great history with Lauren. If you want to keep Lauren Hemp quiet, because we've seen in previous games, she's kept Lauren quiet. But I think it all now all depends if Peniel's fit on what we're going to do. But I do think we need to bring Jess in, though. Just yeah, to stay on Lauren. Yeah, do you agree with that, Jane? Just bringing Jess in is, is a must for, for Emma in this game? Yeah, Jess starting is a definite must. We've seen in the past, Jess versus Lauren Hemp, she has been brilliant, and especially last season. And I think being at England in the summer as well, she's obviously been training with Lauren. Um, so she's sort of got that sort of inside... Oh, sorry, my iPad's just gone a bit weird. Um, still there. <laughs> oh, I'm still here. And yeah. um, we've got that inside sort of like I don't I can't even think knowledge. what I'm saying now. Inside knowledge? Yeah, inside knowledge on the players. So I think Jess is a definite must. And then yeah, it just depends what um sort of Peniel's like. Yeah, obviously we'll see on, on Sunday because Emma won't tell us before. Um Kerry, obviously, we've, we spoke about Sachiro um in the in the earlier parts. Do you think if AKB is fit, though, she definitely comes back in? Or is this, you know, Muzovic's time to be the number one? Um, if AKB's fit, I would put her in. But I get you need to give Sakira a chance. But I, I don't know what is the best option. Yeah, Jane, if you were Emma Hayes on Sunday, who would be your goalkeeper? So, saying both players are fit. If both players are fit, then AKB. But obviously, we don't know AKB sort of situation. Sort of, is she 
although she's in training on the bench, is she actually fit to sort of start a game and play a full 90 minutes? And against Man City. Yeah, sort of a quite difficult game, but we need her, so she's sort of got to be ready. She's got no choice. choice. And she doesn't like to have a quiet game either, does she? She likes to get involved and be injured about six times in the game because uh, that's how she plays. Uh, it's an interesting one who she's going to pick. Um, we mentioned Plyla Harder as well, Kerry. Do you think if she's fit, she definitely starts? We see how important she was to us when she weren't playing. Yeah, if she's fit, she'll probably start. But I thought her and Lauren Hemp work, um, not her, her and Lauren James work well together against Spurs. It'd be interesting if they put, if she plays them both together. I think that's what she was planning to do against Liverpool and have them both in the middle and Erin mm-hmm. is the lone midfielder. And then she changed the whole game plan completely because Pelilla wasn't playing and it obviously threw the team off. I don't know if she would do that against Man City, even though they've got no midfield because they've all left. I think that is a bit maybe too attacking for Emma Hayes and Chelsea against Man City. But I think we will see that at some point in the season because, as you said, it, it did look very good. Um Jane, I'm going to give you my 11 and then you can take out who you want and put in who you or take out who you don't want sort of thing. Uh, I'm going to say that AKB doesn't start. She's not fit and Musovic is in goal. Uh, Millie Bright, Buchanan and Eriksson plays a back three with Jess Carter, Ingle, Cuthbert and Wrighton as a midfield four. Harder, Kirby and Kerr play in attack. Yeah, I think the only person I would change, obviously, if AKB is fit, is her. Um, other than that, I think I'd sort of keep it quite quite similar. I don't think I'd choose anyone else. Obviously, you've brought Carter in. And I think I'd start that and then see how the game sort of pans out and then bring on subs if need be. Yeah. Kerry, what about you? I think it's harsh on, on Lauren James because she misses out. Do you think she would just play over harder if she's not fit? Yeah, but I actually, I really like your team. I think that's a team that will beat Met City 10-0. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting. There's only I'm one. Throw, I'm throwing all the positivity faults. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting though because there's only one new signing in that eleven, which is Buchanan. And then because it's Man City, you're thinking, yeah, it makes sense. Whereas against Liverpool, we're asking, where are all these new players? They're not in the team. It's it's a funny one, isn't it, Jane? That we've got new signings, but we're still sort of picking what we know. Do you think that's because we just haven't seen enough of them? I think that is that's mainly why I'm sort of not saying I'll oh, start this person, start this person, because you just don't know what they're going to sort of be like until you see them properly, and that's why I think over the next sort of couple of months we'll sort of see them coming into the team and sort of seeing how well they can sort of fit in with the team. And I think before as well, Emma's not really made that many signings all at once, so we've got all these players thrown in sort of at us. So it's a lot to sort of see how they fit in. But I'd I'd rather go with a team that I know for definite that can beat City 20-0. 20-0 now. This is going to be an interesting Sunday afternoon for us. Um, what time does City kick off? Every five minutes, according to Jane and Kerry. Um, <laughs> let's get a prediction then. Or are you sticking with 20 and 10-0? No, I'll have a realistic one. Okay, what's your real one? I'm going 3-1. 3-1. Kerry? I'm going to go 2-0. Chelsea. That means I can go 2-1, which is nice. Um, 2-0, 2-1, 3-1. Uh, let us know your predictions uh, on Twitter or email or text me, whatever. I don't really care. Just let me know. Um, it's nice to be wrong. Um, sadly, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, remember, if you want to listen along live, you can do on Mixler.com every Tuesday evening at 8pm UK time. As a few people have done tonight, thank you to them for joining us and putting their comments in the chat box. Um, thanks as well to you, Jane, for joining us. I'll see you on Sunday. Yep, I will see you on Sunday. And, and you, Kerry, thanks for giving up your part of your evening to talk Chelsea with us, even though you didn't want to. No, I did. I, Jane didn't give you the memo. Of, I was not <laughs> available to talk about this game, but it's all good. I'm, I'm happy to talk to you guys, so it's all good. Yeah, all good in the end. We left it happily with 10 and 20 nil versus Man City, so that's how positive we are after a bad start. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Mokings Meadow, me at Dean Mears, Jane at Jane Chapel X, Dane is at DWIT9, and Kerry is at Kerry Evans. We're also on Instagram at Went to Mo Kings Meadow. 
Uh, I'm also doing the Chelsea FCW takeaway on our YouTube channel, which is called Believe It or Not, Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Uh, so make sure you subscribe. The link for that will be in the description box, as will the link to our Patreon and everything else that we've said in the show, if I can remember what it is. Um, and until next time, from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying high. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.